The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. How is your work life going? Business, home, social? How about your health? Could you make some changes? Of course you could, but how and where to start? This is Turn the Page with Hemda Mizrahi. In this program, we'll help you identify and make the changes in your life that need to be made. And by doing so, increase your potential for success. And now, here's your host, Hemda Mizrahi. Welcome to Turn the Page. I'm Hemda Mizrahi. I'm thrilled to be joined by Maria DiGiuseppe, who is the author of Fit and Faithful, a book that offers a universal approach to what Maria refers to as good health and peace of mind. Maria, I'm so excited to welcome you to the show. Thank you, Hemda. I'm happy to be here. So I think you got all of our attention with your good health and your peace of mind, something that I would guess almost everyone is drawn to and is exploring in their own lives. Yes. I do think that it's important to have... um, to have peace in our lives, especially in the kind of world that we're living in right now where it really seems almost unattainable. And so because I've been a personal trainer for over 20 years in New York City, I first started out to write a book about fitness. Uh, But as I started writing, I realized that I had to speak more honestly about my own journey, which really involved trying to find that peace, which is really what I was looking for and I think is such a big part of good health, and it's not just a physical component. Yeah, I think that's what's so interesting about your approach, because there's so much that's been written about health and fitness, and in your particular book, you really emphasize the faith component. Faith. Yes, I do. I um, speak of, I have an acronym, it's called the FACE of Fitness, the F-A-C-E, which um, I see as things that are in common to physical well-being and spiritual. So those are, uh, the F is foundations, having a good um, foundation for what you believe is um, is your highest good and and how that you would achieve those goals, What who you look at for your expert advice on health in the physical realm, but also um, what you seek and look at in the spiritual, which for me uh, was Christianity. And, and it has to be a priority. So I, I think that without... For me, um, without having God as a priority and having that solid foundation, it would just lead me backwards again to to behaviors that I really was trying to overcome. And then with regard to um, physical health, the foundation would mean 
to be established in nutrition and exercise and finding out, you know, what does that mean? Um, what is good nutrition and exercise? And then there's the, um, the A of is application, which is applying those things that you learn to your life. So you can't um, just, just learn about what it means to eat right and exercise if you don't actually do it. And so uh, also, if you don't have some kind of a reference point spiritually, which uh, for me was the Bible, there's, there's not a new standard, a different path that you can take. And there's so many, uh, there's so many great scriptures that, that I used that I could apply to my life once I started reading because in order to change behaviors, um, there has to be something motivating you. And, and so by applying scripture to my life, for instance, um, there's a scripture that says everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. And wine is a mocker and beer is a brawler. Whoever is led astray by them is not wise. So for me, being someone who had addictions, because I was addicted to cigarettes and alcohol and cocaine uh, for a few years, um, those were good scriptures for me to see and always look at and keep in front of me. Because while even now, even drinking a cup of coffee, yes, it's permissible, but it doesn't mean it's beneficial. It doesn't mean that five cups of coffee is good for you. And I needed something to to be able to apply to my life and to see. And then the commitment to change is the C of the face of fitness, which means, well, if you learn these things, you, then there's got to be a commitment there in order um, to change the behavior. And it's a deliberate act. It's not, um, it's not something that you can do casually. I think anybody who's you know, tried a diet knows this. And there has to be steps that you take, um, whether it's the SMART goals that are specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and timely, or... Um, other ways that you can hold yourself accountable to make these changes by with um, working out with someone, hiring a personal trainer, hiring a nutritionist, or keeping a food log. These, um, these commitments to change, this commitment to change is really something that has to motivate. And it doesn't mean that there can't be a relapse. And, and there are always relapses because... Our lives are not perfect, and they never will be. But the the idea is to have the mindset that every day you can strive to purity and goodness, um, which will give us good health and peace of heart. And then the final, the final uh, part of the face of fitness, which is the E, is endurance and. And this is that ability to withstand hardship and adversity. Um, in, a, in a marathon, it's, it's a prolonged activity. So I, I really understood um, endurance from my, my physical training. And, but I also see it now in life because some days are better than others. And, um, and it's not just 
it's not just a 21-day diet or a 21-day workout. It's a lifetime that uh, it's a lifetime approach. So there has to be there has to be a mindset that we are we are never finished. We're always doing better, but it's never over. Where where we can say, okay, I've arrived. I don't want to grow anymore. At least for me in my life, I think that I'm always going to want to, um, as long as I'm alive, keep growing and excelling spiritually and um, professionally and in, in my health. Let's let's go back a little bit, actually, because I do okay. want to share a little bit more about your frame of reference, at being a certified personal trainer, also a certified health coach, a corrective exercise specialist, and a yoga and Pilates instructor. So you're looking mm-hmm. at health and peace of mind from so many different perspectives, and I know that you emphasize also faith, and yeah. this one, not F-A-C-E, but actually F-A-I-T-H. And for you, that's the Christian faith. And for, for other people, regardless of your cultural affiliation, I think that a lot of the concepts that you're talking about really are universal. Yes. And when you take a look at this acronym that you use, mm-hmm. which is FACE, F-A-C-E, that you described, Foundation, Application, Commitment to Change, and Endurance. Yes. Can you take us through that as a straight process Maybe using your life as an example, because I know your personal story is a really important component of your book, Fit and Faithful, and it's something that you've gotten a lot of feedback that people really relate to. Yes, okay. Well, um, so years ago, um, when I first moved to New York, I was in my 20s and in pretty good health. But I didn't really understand eating right or exercise, and and I didn't, and I didn't. I was bartending, and and uh, but I liked to exercise, and I met with some people who um, taught me, who were actually the um, National Gym Association representatives, and um, and helped me because they they judge contests for women's bodybuilding and um, helped me to to learn how to exercise and connected me to a nutritionist and actually sponsored me to compete in those local contests, which which I was excited about. I didn't do it at the time, but I, I was excited about the training, and my body felt amazing. I didn't know how to eat right before this, so I would eat sugar, and, and like I thought that having um, sugar, you know, was okay, and I, but then I always had these sugar highs and lows, and, um, but when I started eating according to the nutritionist, I felt really energized every day, and so I really always stayed on that for the rest of my life. I just decided it, this isn't just for a contest. This is this is the way you're supposed to eat. And back then, um, I think this is when the food guide pyramid was out, and people were eating eight to twelve. I mean, the recommendation was eight to twelve portions of carbohydrates, which now is is we know is too much and. Things were so much different, but but the way bodybuilders ate was really the way that we're all taught to eat today, and so so I noticed that difference. But but the problem was my lifestyle contradicted what I was doing in the gym because at night I was bartending, and I smoked, and and even even though 
like I would work four days a week and then I was off three days. The three days that I was off, I would go running in the park, I would eat right and do all these things for good health. But on the days that I was working and I was in the bar, my lifestyle habits were different. And so I, one day I really kind of, I had a breakdown and, and it was a turning point in my life. I mean, it was, it startled me. It was, um, it was the lowest point of my life, and I didn't know where to turn. I really didn't even understand it when it happened. And, and that's when I just turned to God, because um, there was really no one in my life that knew what was going on with me. And, and I think that happens with a lot of people, that we see that, that we think that they're doing okay because they look okay on the outside. And I was functioning. I was working. I had my own apartment. But I really wasn't okay, and so I had this breakdown, and and I just realized, you know, I've got to leave New York. I have to humble myself. I was embarrassed to to go home, and I didn't have anything, and I felt like I didn't accomplish anything, as if my life all those years here was a waste. And um, but you know, I prayed about it, and and I left, and I started in my mind. Um, I remember. Things like I remember hearing in self empowerment books or from from life coaches that the way to figure out what you should be doing is to think of those things that you did well as a child. And so I I remembered I was athletic and I was uh, I had good grades in school and um, and also I had this training behind me these goals that my trainer had set in order to to actually compete in the biggest women's bodybuilding contest in five years down the road. So. There were those goals that he put in my mind for physical fitness. So, so I went back to school. I started in a communi- community college, and then uh, I transferred to Albany State to a state school, and then I, I got on a track team. I was working out every day. I mean, really like an Olympic uh, person because I was so sorry, actually, at, at how far I had fallen and, and so eager to do better that I worked really, really hard, never missed a day. And, and upstate, it snows, it's a blizzard, it's raining. I was out in all of it every single day running, uh, going to the gym, going to school. And so I worked really hard and, um, and eventually found, started seeing the light. I, I started to feel better. It took, really took me years, though. I mean, um, and the detox process, this is what I discuss in my book. I mean, it's not an overnight journey, and it's not um, it's not just a seven day cleanse. I mean, this kind of um, behaviors that I that I was involved in and the way I ate. I mean, it was, I ate I ate actually well growing up because I grew up in an Italian family, and they actually they ate the Mediterranean diet, which is a, a diet I recommend in my book. I Maria, I'm going to jump in because you captured so many good points. I just wanted to touch on some of those so that we have some takeaways for each person listening in terms of application to their own lives and places okay. where they can relate to what you're saying. That it sounds like when you talk about the low point that you hit, that was a real wake-up call, a reality check for you to ask yourself also the question about what kind of life you want to live. And for you, it seems as though your connection with faith was helpful in creating a turning point. And for some people, as in your case, a change of 
geography can make a big difference. And I think one point that you brought out that was really helpful has to do with really connecting with yourself again. And oftentimes, if you connect with yourself as a child and what you were drawn to, that helps to bring you back in some ways uh, to the things that really reflect who you are. And it was interesting that you pointed out also that for, for so many people, if you look at someone on the outside, you may not guess what's really going on and that there may, may be a lot of people who are having that experience where they really want to hold it together and um, inside, though they're feeling like they're falling apart in, in different ways and it could take years to rebuild, um, but yeah. the idea is to really catch yourself so we're going to talk more about that. We're going to go to a quick commercial. And when we return, Maria will share more about the guidance that she conveys in her book, Fit and Faithful. Stay with us. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you a business leader or owner who's ready for a lifestyle change? If conditions in your company's environment or marketplace are reducing your quality of life, now might be a good time to develop an exit strategy. Creating a transition plan enables you to pace your need for change while celebrating an enriching career. Ensure that you exit on a high note by enlisting the expertise of Hemda Mizrahi. Learn more at lifeandcareerchoices.com. Are you a business innovator or are you just sitting on the sidelines? Tune in every week for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Host Bonnie D. Graham talks to a cross-section of the movers and shakers who are leading by example. They will share best practices and innovative ideas to keep you thinking and moving along with the best. Join us for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP, Wednesday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Are you a professional athlete, a retired athlete, or other top performer who's seeking a new career? Explore how to transfer your talents and mission into a rewarding business with the expert guidance of Hemda Mizrahi. As a performance coach and generalist consultant to entrepreneurs, Hemda will support you and your family in your next major professional transition. Create a winning game plan by contacting her through lifeandcareerchoices.com. That's lifeandcareerchoices.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for the keywords voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for voice America. You are listening to Turn the Page with Hemda Mizrahi. Got a question or comment for the show today? Please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to hosthemda at gmail.com. Now, back to Turn the Page. We're back. I'm Hemda Mizrahi, joined by fitness expert Maria DiGiuseppe, author of Fit and Faithful, a book that offers professional fitness and nutrition guidance in the context of an approach that's based in faith. 
Maria discussed four concepts that she sees as essential for spiritual and physical health. In this segment, we're going to talk about how her universal approach to health can apply to you in a more customized way. So, Maria, you talk about the importance of becoming the best version of yourself because there's so much advice that's out there. We can look to other people for example, as an example and then sometimes find that if we try to apply some of those concepts or the routines to our own lives, that it doesn't always work out well. So what guidance can you suggest for each person listening to come up with his or her own formula, so to speak, for good health and peace of mind? Well, I think that, first of all, everyone has to realize that it's never too late. And if I could teach one thing, it would be that, because it is never too late. And I think if we can learn our strengths and weaknesses, that's important because those are the things which uh, can set us up for victory or for relapse. So it's important to identify what, what those areas in your life are that, um, that you need help with, and then also to identify those areas, you know, that you're strong in. And, and you can do that maybe by, by asking someone. I asked friends, um, and they told me what they saw in me. You know, everyone told me, you should be a personal trainer. I, and I actually... You know, it was something I was thinking about, and so I I started to work at it. And I was a lot, I was older, even going back to school, but, and I think sometimes there can be a lot of negativity, so I think we have to um, keep positive thoughts, keep positive thoughts in your mind. Um, there's a lot of talk about, about this, uh, I see lately, it's, it's called cognitive restructuring to change your thought process. If you, if you start thinking negatively, then it's not going to help you. So that's one of the strategies that you use with your clients. You focus primarily on personal training and then also fitness co- coaching. So what are the types of issues that you address with your clients? Well, I think that so, so oftentimes um, my clients don't, don't see their, their strong points, and I do. And, and a lot of people don't realize the negative talk that they're, that they're making, or they'll say, oh, I didn't do that well, or um, I, I can't, I'm not good at this. And, and I'm looking at them thinking, yes, you can, and I totally see it as something great. And so I think that that's why it's good to have a trainer or someone else working with you, another set of eyes, because we all can be very critical of ourselves. Um, but I think that everyone needs support, and, um, and it's great to be able to, to turn those things around. If, if someone really believes that they can't do something, they're not going to. Um, it's, it's building that self-efficacy. It's, it's being able to do something and do it well and feel good about it so that, that later you're going to want to do it again. So I try to, to give my clients things that they enjoy doing. If it's, you know, going for a run outside and they get energized and feel like they've accomplished something, then, um, then that's what we do. 
And and sometimes it's just a, you know a few words of encouragement. It's stopping and saying, "Have you know, have faith? I have faith in you. I support you. I am listening." Because I think sometimes people want someone. Um, they want to know that you that someone is there that really cares about them. That's listening to what they're saying. That's not just going through the motions. Because I think that. We all experience that every day from everyone that we deal with. Um, you know, we're always in lines and waiting for something, and there's not a lot of contact that's that's felt and personal. It's an interesting point that you're making. Having someone in your life similar to the role that you play, someone who believes in you, someone who is very encouraging someone who can reflect back what they see as your strengths and really talk to you in a way that you can discuss openly and with ease what your areas that you think are that you need to work on. And so it's interesting because you can have family members who offer a lot of support and at the same time sometimes families can put us in a box in some ways and be critical. So that comes down to back to the self-talk that you were referring to that sometimes we don't realize the talk that's going on in our head, how it's affecting us. Yes, that is so true. And I think that, um, I think also one area that, that helps to, um, to, to just stay motivated is gratitude. I think that, um, if we write down the things that we're grateful for in our life, they can inspire us. And so kind of just motivate us to, to keep going and, and do the work that's required because that's, that's another um, point that I was going to make is that you have to really work hard and, and give it 100%. Um, I think I think that sometimes, uh, I know there was a point in my life I just didn't realize that I wasn't doing the work. And uh, I, when, I, when I started to just try to, to get back everything that I really had when I, you know, when I was younger, um, well, like they say, you don't realize what you had until it's gone. And, and then it became something I was grateful for because I I had to try so hard to get it back, and that and then I could appreciate it. Right, something that you've had already, which was an interesting point that you made when we spoke earlier before the show, is that sometimes actually you can look to the example of yourself to inspire you. When let's say you look at a time in your past when you performed really well, yes. you did. And you were, you were at your best in different ways, and you can draw on that as an opportunity to be able to recreate some of that in your life. Yes, that is so true. And I think I know from some of my coaching manuals that we're taught, some people have a past reference um, that they look to. Some people look at something in the present, something might look to some, some people might look to the future, like, like say they want to um, look their best and be their best for a wedding that's down the road and, and their best version of themselves. They might 
you know, still not have seen yet, and maybe that's what they aspire to. Or maybe, for me, I knew what it was like to be uh, very healthy and fit, at, you know, when I was 25. And I had, I had that as a reference point. However, in life, um, things change, and now I have to be able to work where I'm at. And I think that's... That can be tricky, seeing, um, okay, what is the best version of myself now, now that I've had injuries, now that I, I went through breast cancer, I've had, um, have sur- you know, I've had surgery, and, um, and I have muscle imbalances from um, a knee injury that I experienced. So now, of course, I don't run as, as well as I used to, but does that mean that... I'm still not, the, you know, that I can't be the best version of myself. Well, no, that's, that's not true. And I think that's something that people also need help with because we have to keep, you know, redefining what is it, what is the process, what is it going to take. And, and, and that's where a lot of work has to come in so that, um, that there won't be re- regrets and there won't be um, room there, in, in your mind for all those negative that negative talk. Yeah, I can hear the positive frame that you're coming from where you're saying realistically we go through changes in our lives. We go through physical changes and emotional changes and psychological changes with losses we may experience that may be about injuries, maybe about losing people, losing opportunities, and that you can still have good quality of life. And asking yourself that question, what is the best ber- version of myself today? What does that mean? What could it look like? Can help you to be able to realign in a more positive way toward um, doing something that is realistic also for you today. Yes, that's so true. And I, I mean, I know there was a time when I struggled after I was diagnosed with breast cancer and I was taking a hormone, um, an estrogen drug, an anti-estrogen drug, and it made me feel very tired and um, my workouts were lacking. And I actually, there was a part of me that just thought, you know, maybe I just need to back off of everything for a while and then I won't be held accountable. Nobody will see while I go out of shape and I won't have to be a role model and I mean it wasn't long in my mind that I that I thought those things but because as quickly as I thought it I decided no I need to you know get through this so that I can be honest in front of my clients in front of people and show what you can do and I wanted to see for myself what what can be done is this is this my life now does it have to suffer do I have to be uh, less because I'm on this medication, less because I went through breast cancer. And what I found was no, not at all, um, because I had to change my attitude and work hard. And then that helps me because now I can share it with other people. I love the point that you're making now about whatever it is that you're going through if you wind up being in a situation for, where your life changes, like in your case when you had cancer and you needed to be on a medication, that it can be very disheartening for people to discover that 
there's a turning point where there's they're just going to have to do something in order forever. <laughs> there's like you said, <laughs> there's no end game in order right. to maintain your health. But I like your point, which you're bringing out also. It seems like in your approach, the importance when you're in a place where you feel unsettled to put some structures in place that will yeah. help you gain clarity and gain focus and reconnect with yourself and give you a path to move forward. Like the framework that you offered in the first segment, your FACE acronym, the foundation of health, having those building blocks in place, your nutrition and fitness and other types of practices like spiritual practices and making sure that you're actually putting, you're actually applying them and yeah. whatever it is that you go through, your struggles around that, that you have to really lock in that commitment to make those changes and endure, you know, through all those trials and tribulations. But if you are able to maybe put that in writing, document it so that you can see where you're at and check yourself, that it can make a difference just in terms of working through some of the kinks. Exactly. It, it takes, I had to research, um, I had to do a lot of research. It takes knowledge and planning to to learn, okay, what really is going on and what can I do? How do I win? And and you know, it's um I part of me wanted to just hide. I think, you know, we've probably all experienced that. I just thought, "Oh my gosh, this is really hard." And and I was I was someone who Really was in, um, you know, I built myself into really great shape. I ate well and, and I felt betrayed by my body when this was happening. And, and it was upsetting. And, um, I, I actually was a little bit angry. But, like I said, it, I have to, I had to hold myself accountable. I had to be able to stand up and I'm a personal trainer. I can't, say, oh my gosh, that you can get over this, even though I didn't, because I want to be able to tell people, yes, menopause doesn't mean you have to carry around abdominal fat and that you have to be sluggish and that you have to be depressed, because there are ways to alleviate those kind of things and to uh, keep ourselves in our best shape ever, and that's and if I didn't do that work, I couldn't honestly share that because I really wouldn't know the truth. And that's why I wanted to, to, to do it. I like what you're saying because I think it speaks to the issue of fears that come up and panic that could come up where you have certain associations. Sometimes some of your worst fears that may actually not be relevant to you with each individual, it's different. And it seems like the point you're making is that you need to take a look at your own circumstance and realize that there's so much that you can do that it doesn't have to be aligned. The realities don't have to be aligned with your worst fears. And I want us to talk more about that, actually, in, in the scope of a very important component, again, of your approach, which has to do with faith. So we're going to go to a brief commercial. And when we come back, Maria will speak in greater depth about the role of faith in living a healthy lifestyle and offer wisdom that can be applied universally regardless of your cultural affiliations. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. 
Are you a business leader or owner who's ready for a lifestyle change? If conditions in your company's environment or marketplace are reducing your quality of life, now might be a good time to develop an exit strategy. Creating a transition plan enables you to pace your need for change while celebrating an enriching career. Ensure that you exit on a high note by enlisting the expertise of Hemda Mizrahi. Learn more at lifeandcareerchoices.com. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Why? Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Are you a professional athlete, a retired athlete, or other top performer who's seeking a new career? Explore how to transfer your talents and mission into a rewarding business with the expert guidance of Hemda Mizrahi. As a performance coach and generalist consultant to entrepreneurs, Hemda will support you and your family in your next major professional transition. Create a winning game plan by contacting her through lifeandcareerchoices.com. That's lifeandcareerchoices.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for the keywords voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to facebook.com forward slash voice America or search for voice America. You are listening to Turn the Page with Hemda Mizrahi. Got a question or comment for the show today? Please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to hosthemda at gmail.com. Now, back to Turn the Page. Welcome back. I'm Hemda Mizrahi, joined by fitness expert Maria DiGiuseppe. Maria spoke about the importance of applying health and fitness concepts in such a way that you can become the best version of yourself rather than trying to replicate an ideal that may or may not bring you good health and peace of mind. And speaking of peace of mind, Maria, I know that faith is such a foundational aspect of your life and of your book, and there are many universal faith-based principles that you have found to be helpful personally and also with your clients. I'd love for you to speak more about that. Thank you, Hamda. Well, um, just as, like I was talking about earlier, that our thought processes are so important. Um, there's a scripture in Romans 12 that talks about being transformed by the renewing of your mind. And I think that this is so important because... Um, you know, good health is not just about being able to run an eight-minute mile or eat all your vegetables. You know, it is really being able to live our lives um, in spite of the daily 
you know, things that happen that might um, cause us to feel hopeless or despair. And I think that, you know, you know, sometimes people will say, oh, I've heard people ask, what would you want if you had a sixth sense? What would it be? And lately I've been thinking, you know, if I had a sixth sense, I wish that I could spot that person who is about to make that fateful error that is so depressed that they might be reckless in their behavior or, or just from drug addiction, um, even lose their life, so that I could share with them that there is hope and um, God is, is with you. Um, there's a scripture in Isaiah 59 that says, The arm of the Lord is not too short to save or his ear too dull to hear. And that is the first step um, when it comes to your faith. You, reach out, you have to reach out. And, and I don't want to be silent when I know that there's so many people out there who are hurting. It seems that what you're talking about also, in the context of, right, there are lots of people in the world who are experiencing pain, and they may not be talking about it. They may be embarrassed about it. There are many reasons why we don't talk about it. Maybe we think we can deal with it ourselves and eventually things will get better. And then we struggle for a long time and they don't get better. And it sounds like you're talking about having a connection that's outside of yourself. Having a connection to something that helps you to come out of more of the dark place that you're in and see where there's there are possibilities for a new type of experience. Yes, exactly. There, there has to be um, to know there's something bigger than your situation that's, that you can trust to guide you. And, and that's what I really thought in my mind. I, I thought I need, I need a compass. I need a standard, something that's not going to fail me. And um, I think that trusting God helped me so much because I didn't really know what I was going to do, but I had to start. I had to start somewhere and just trust that God has my back. And that helped me to not have anxiety. I mean, not that, not that every day is perfect or I think that I have all the answers and, and I'm just, you know, living life so, so easily. It's, that's not what I'm saying. But, but the truth is, I know that each and every day God has my back. And I don't, I don't have to, I used to have a lot of anxiety. And um, there's a scripture in Philippians 4 that talks about anxiety, not, not to be anxious, but in, in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, to present your request to God. And, and I had to do that many times, but only because I would look at that scripture. And when those times would come up, like before I was going into surgery, or, you know, when I was dealing with a loss of a loved one, or seeing something that was out of my control, I had to be able to reflect on that scripture. And I think that's why we all need, we need some, somewhere that we can reach, a place of trust. Um, that that we know even if we don't have all the answers, we can we can rest assured that God does. 
when you talk about prayer and petition, it sounds like commitment to change, mm-hmm. right? That there's a sense of urgency in you about the change process. It goes along with the gratitude in the exactly. sense that you can look at your circumstance. If you ask yourself in any circumstance that you're in, however, however dark it may seem to you, if there's something in it that brings out gratitude. Like in uh, what I'm, something I'm going through right now resonates with it, which is my, uh, as we, I spoke about with you, is that my mother had a stroke last month. And so I've been in the hospital for the first part of every day since then and rehab with her and it's it's actually been incredible quality time together and it really feels like a second chance right when you think that we could have lost her and and she's still with us and she's still herself even though there's a lot of work to be done ahead so it's it's a question of stepping back and looking at every situation and seeing if you can find the light that's there for you that can help guide you uh, to an even better experience. That's exactly right. Exactly. Your your mom is has just gone through something, you know, so devastating and you were there with her and and this is part of life and 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 part of health being able to um to handle this and help her and make those commitments to change and uh, get to, a, to the other side, which you will because you're intent on it. There is a commitment there. And uh, I think, you know, that it can't, it can't be something that in your mind you think is not a possibility and, or else you're not going to be able to help her and she can just, you know, she wouldn't be able to be lifted up out of this. And she and so you're giving her your support, you know, making making that commitment. I think that uh, part of of getting better is being able to do that. Even understanding why are we doing it? You have to really believe in what you're doing in order to make the commitment, right? You have to believe that it's something good for you, and and, and to be able to understand it, um, you know, not just half-heartedly say that you that you want to do something like if you really you know want to get healthy then there has to be a plan and there has to be actions taken i think it's an excellent question that you bring up which is to ask yourself why you're doing something what your motivation is around it because sometimes people actually discover that they don't really they don't have a intrinsic motivation they don't have a motivation that for them is meaningful and purposeful. And so in those kinds of situations, a person may need to redirect and come back to their motivation and their their sense of meaning and purpose and to align whatever it is that they're doing with that to make sure that it comes from a place where you're going to be able to have the endurance, as you mentioned, and the commitment to change to be able to go through all of those struggles that are part of the change process and all the time that it takes, but you have to have that connection, like you're saying, with your motivation around it. Yes, that that is so true. And and this is why I think all of, you know, this 
acronym applies um, to to good health and peace of heart because the way it breaks down is that if you understand what you're doing and and your foundation is solid, right? Which with uh, you know with physical health is your nutrition and exercise, but but what does that mean, like? what does it mean to have good nutrition and what is the exercise program and why do you do it? There has to be an understanding there that it's, that it's something that you attach value to. And I mean, there's many reasons, you know, why we should exercise. There's many um, of those comorbidities, the uh, heart disease, um, high cholesterol and depression and on and on, um, you know, diabetes, things that will prevent, that exercise will prevent, but do we really believe that? Do we understand it? So that's, you know, that's part of understanding and learning and, and research. That's the foundation. And then you, to really see it in action is the application. But that's also, you know, spiritually. So you apply all of this, you know, these recommendations for strength, which is, you know, your strength training, your cardiovascular conditioning, your nutrition. But you also apply your spiritual practices, which might be, you know, don't drink too much and don't eat too much. And these are, these are things that are part of um, aspiring to a higher standard. And, and, it's, and then also not doing it lightheartedly, really recognizing there's something wrong. I mean, I had to recognize this is not good behavior if... if if a behavior causes me to have such a a terrible experience um, that I suffer f- for weeks over it, it's it's not good. It doesn't mean that it has to happen every day. If it happens once a year, it's too much. And I didn't understand that until I read up read what addiction was, and that's really what it means. It, it you know it, it doesn't mean you have to drink every day in order to be addicted. And so it's recognizing that it's wrong and then um, making a commitment to change it. And no, nobody could do that for you. And, and then enduring, you know, the long haul and, and not saying, okay, I've, done, I've stopped drinking for two weeks, now I can go on a bender. Because then you'll, you're not going to get further, you're not going to grow, and, and, and could end up in a worse place. Um, which is what happens with so many people, unfortunately. And I feel it was by God's grace that I was spared. So just as we're wrapping up, some final thoughts around this. As you're talking about your framework, it seems as though some key points have to do with not with looking at peace of mind and health and fitness as really something that is across the span of your whole life. There's no real finish line around it. And it's important to put some kind of structure in place for yourself and some guiding principles that will help to inform your decisions and help you to step into a healthier place and to be able to maintain those practices over the long term and to to shift them when you need to, to shift your idea of what your best self is with all the changes that occur in your life. Yes, I feel now that Every day is um, is a gift, and and I want to live it my best, and and not have. I mean, we all have regrets. I have many more from my past. Um, you know, before I started on this journey um, with Fit and Faithful, but going forward, 
um, I want to prevent having regrets, and I, I mean, I hope, hopefully, I can live a, a fuller life and um, and practice what I'm speaking about here today, and and you know, by applying these principles, be able to grow and you know, grow in all areas, and and do that until I'm not here anymore. Maria, I want to thank you so much for sharing this beautiful guidance and inspiration with us. Thank you, Hamda. It's been so wonderful to talk about this with you and and share and share this. It's it's really what I want to do is is share um, with anybody who could benefit from this. And I'd like to encourage you to read Maria's book to learn more fit and faithful which you can purchase on Amazon and also through the website for Illumination Publishers, ipibooks.com. You can also email Maria at elegantfitness at aol.com. If you'd like to learn more about her fitness coaching and personal training services, her email address is elegant, actually spelled with an E at the end, E-L-E-G-A-N-T-E, fitness, F-I-T-N-E-S-S, at AOL.com. If you have comments or unanswered questions about today's episode, please share them by emailing me at hosthemda at gmail.com. You can also share comments and questions by following me on Twitter at Hemda Mizrahi and liking us on Facebook at Turn the Page Radio. As always, remember to make the grass greener where you are. I'm Hemda Mizrahi, inviting you to turn the page. Thank you for tuning in to our program. Turn the Page can be heard live every Friday at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until next week's show, enjoy your weekend and make one change in your life before then. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 